Simply Abundant Intuitive Hour, The Journey of Attachment, a special series that takes a deep dive into the topic of insecure attachment and why you can't let go. Here's Tracy Crossley. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to share some comments from some of Tracy's clients that have worked with her in both group coaching situations and one-on-one coaching. And to reach out to Tracy for a discovery session, please email her at happiness at tracycrossley.com. That's happiness at tracycrossley.com. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. It's been an amazing opportunity for me. So I feel like if I can make growth from it, I know anyone can. It's the best investment I've ever made in myself. It way beats a Greek holiday and I love my Greek holidays. Hello, 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 hello. We are back again. Another episode of Journey of Attachment. And like I announced last week, this is a different format. Not totally different, but different enough that it keeps me excited. And also, I am finding that these are so much easier to put together that I may actually get to be pretty far ahead in doing this. So anyway, here we are. It's episode number 529. And the working title is Design a Real Fairy Tale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You noticed I used the word real with fairy. <laughs> so yeah, there's going to be some reality in what this fairy tale is. All right. So what's the main topic idea that we're talking about today? Well, always writing your own story with you as the victim in an attempt to avoid more pain and just continuing living in the pain you know is not a fairy tale. And that's really not a story anybody wants to live in, right? Right. So we're going to talk about how that's a problem, how to solve it. And you can start today on doing that. And I'll make a quick announcement as I've started doing. What I'm doing on this podcast is sharing information that I have found in my own life and in working with people, coaching them. I have found this through also the studies that I've done in terms of schoolwork when I have been in school and getting my degrees and all of that good stuff, right? So I'm not doing any coaching. This is not coaching. If you think I'm coaching you, then you would be um, (laughs) surprised to find that the kind of coaching that I do and my team does is totally different than this. So you can't dig deep into an individual when you are just talking to an audience, right? Even though it resonates and I get that and that's good because you know what? I wish this would have been around when I was going through this stuff because I felt totally alone and as though I was the only one who had these kind of issues because nobody around me did. I just seemed to be like this person who lived in la-la land and I did in a painful la-la land and that was the problem. So in doing this, I always used to choose these situations and relationships all the time, which were just so painful. I mean, I didn't realize it at the time, and this is totally in hindsight, but I lived with a certain amount of pain my whole life. I didn't realize it because I was so used to it. But like when I look back when I was a little kid, I had anxiety. I mean, they knew I had something wrong with me because I started having stomach aches as a little kid. And they take me to the doctor and they could never figure it out what it was because back then nobody knew doo-doo about anxiety. So anyways, I always felt uncomfortable. There was rarely moments unless I was totally isolated by myself, listening to music or something in my bedroom uh, that 
was really my escape, right? It wasn't even dealing with reality. So my point is, I always vacillated between these negative states. I mean, when I used to run, I enjoyed running because I needed the endorphins, right? So whether I was single or in a relationship, I didn't realize that I was in a state of numbness or trying to avoid anxiety. And so of course, anything which was not strategic or thought of as a way to do it was going to provoke anxiety, meaning my world was small and rigid, even though I didn't think it was. And it just, things would provoke anxiety all the time. And I lived in this freaking pain all the time. And I didn't really realize every relationship I would choose, even if it was just a dating relationship, was me as the victim. Because in my desire to avoid the anxiety and avoid these icky feelings, I preferred to be in relationships where I was always the victim. I didn't know that. I didn't know I had a preference, by the way, to be a victim. Hey, did you want to be a victim? Oh, sure. Why not? I didn't realize it. Nobody does when you're in it. It's not until you get enough awareness, like listening to these podcasts should be able to give awareness to you about some of the things you do, right? So, but most of us, we don't, again, we just don't see this. And I could have been someone, I, I'm sorry, I could have had someone say to me, they didn't want a relationship and I would be putting up with that and whatever came with it. As in, no, I don't want to be in a relationship right now, but I don't want to stop seeing you, right? That's a real good one. There is no hope of a future there as long as you hold on to somebody's pant leg like that. But I lived in that painful place and I performed like a seal. Like, what can I do? I'm a seal in the circus. Sure, I'll do anything for fish. Yes, I will perform tricks for you. I mean, seriously, I was doing all sorts of things that were so painful, but it was familiar to me and that's why I was willing to keep doing it. And that's all I thought I deserved. So... The sad part is I'd be doing this and then find out this person was with someone else, right? And then you're like, oh, wow, how did that happen? This shouldn't have happened. And it did happen. I was always the victim in my own stories. So I remember one ex who came to visit me, and this is a long time ago, where <clears throat> he told me he had been dating somebody. We had gotten back in contact after years of not being in contact. He was someone I had dated when I was, I think I was 19, 19, 20, somewhere in there. Anyways, I um, <clears throat> had gotten back in contact with him probably about 11, 12, 13 years later or something like that. And so he told me when I was talking to him, you know, that he was divorced and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then he's like, yeah, I've been kind of seeing somebody, but I'm going to stop seeing her because it's just not working out. And so that's what he said. And then he came to visit me because he lived in another state and <clears throat> And he told me that, yeah, he wasn't seeing her anymore and that they were just friends. And I was like, oh, okay. So what was weird, and I blew off, of course, because remember, I'm living in now my heightened fantasy fairy tale. Like this guy's coming to visit me and we're talking about our little soulmate thing. Like one of the first things he said to me when I talked to him was how he never could have forgotten me. I was like his soulmate and that would have been like him cutting off his arm to have forgotten about me, right? That sounds really great to most people when you've been living in a desert of not feeling any attention from anybody. And so anyway, again, I was in my numb kind of not really feeling, maybe anxious a little bit. And then I'm 
in contact with this person and they're going to come see me and they get here and we built this whole thing up and I'm living, I am on cloud 20, not even cloud nine, cloud 20. I am beyond myself. And so when he was visiting me, he ended up talking to her on the phone. And I'm like, why are you talking to her on the phone? Well, I said we were friends and I told her that I'd stay in touch with her because she was worried about, I forgot what she was worried about. Literally, this is so long ago. She was worried about something, <clears throat> whatever his excuse was. It was plausible enough that I didn't push it because I was afraid to push it because I didn't want to live in more pain than I was already starting to feel by the fact that he's talking to another person when he's spending intimate time with me, right? Mm -hmm. So I was living in that weird fantasy love story where he said and did all the things that made it magical and it really wasn't, even though I applied magic to all of it. I applied this feeling of uh, exuberance of feeling like I was having the soulmate fantasy come true. Like I literally was in it. And I also became the one who wanted to be rescued by him. I thought this situation's rescuing me. I'm ready to give up everything in my life to be with this person. Like I was out there. <laughs> this is what I wanted to be the case. I wanted him to be that rescuer, but he was also the persecutor. And it's funny now because I look back and over a series of time, like, uh, God, I can't even remember how long it was. Maybe it was a year, two years, something like that. He ended up marrying this woman and divorcing her. And in the, and I somehow got in the middle of that because I started doing, I used to have my own graphic design marketing company. And so I ended up going to visit the state he was in because that was one of our main markets, funny enough, right? And so I ended up seeing him and talking to him and he was saying how he was leaving her and that we could be together. And I'm like, how could you have married her and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he gave me answers that, of course, kept me in my fantasy, right? So then he's ready to leave and I'm going back there and I'm thinking we're going to spend this time together. And then he finds out she's pregnant. Oh, wow. How'd that happen? <laughs> oh, my God. I can go on. But it just was so painful. It was painful on every single level. There was no escape from pain. And I kept trying. I kept trying to make up these fairy tales and these stories and, you know, the whole soulmate thing, how you're tortured and then it comes out to this happy ending. And, you know, at one point, oh gosh, how long did this go on? It was, I think, another year later, two years later, something like that. Uh, he called me up and he's like, I'm ready to be with you. And he had been, I don't know how long he had been single at that point. And I was already dating somebody, another dysfunctional relationship. And so he came out here to visit. So I'm like, I need to tie things up with him. And I had told the guy I was seeing this. And then that was a total shit show. And I don't need to get into everything that happened with that because... <laughs> Oh my God, it was just like, I could keep telling you guys painful stories. The point is, I never could understand how I kept finding myself in these painful positions. I didn't realize there was a part of me that that's what I was looking for, was just pain. Because I was used to pain. So pain's a magnet to pain, especially when you're trying to avoid the pain, right? I'm going to avoid the pain by being in the pain I know, because I'm afraid of the pain I don't know. And that's really what it was. And that hopefully is relatable to you. So what's the problem with this? <laughs> oh, 
I like this new format. What's the problem with that? Well, the problem is that there's an inability for anybody, you, me, to handle our own feelings when we find ourselves always being in pain and then in these painful stories. So being real means dealing with disappointment, shame, and rejection instead of making it a fantasy. The problem is making it a fantasy doesn't take your pain away. It sort of numbs you out, but you're not really dealing with anything. And so when you're not dealing, you're basically ensuring yourself that you're just going to keep staying in painful situations or attracting them. The other problem is that we have to be aware we are choosing a situation to our detriment. For me, I was high on pheromones and out of this world sex, as in it didn't have to be great sex, by the way, but I was so high on my fantasy that he could have been unconscious and it would not have mattered. I'd be like, yeah, that was great sex. Like, (laughs) oh my God. Yeah. Problem three, you're selling yourself short every time you take a story, which is like a murder mystery and try to turn it into a Care Bear episode or a Teletubby episode, or a Barney episode, or whatever episode, like literally. This is a problem because you're not dealing with reality. And if you want to have a real fairy tale, you have to deal with reality. You cannot keep avoiding it, but this is what we do. We avoid, 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 hoping something magical is going to rescue us. And then we end up in pain and pain and pain because here's the bottom line. The problem is you're not going to want to be with somebody who's securely attached or open and available to you. You're going to reject that because when you're used to being in pain, you're just going to want more pain until you start to do something about it. And we're going to get to that in a second. So what's the wisdom nugget? Now we have wisdom nuggets, not calls to action, wisdom nuggets. It's a hashtag wisdom nugget. Here we go. You are better than where you are. Listen for the voice inside you who knows you are the hero or heroine of that story and write it. Yeah, write that story. Okay. So what's the solution? Yeah. What is the solution to this nightmare? Well, you can have a happy ending or resolution to the story you opened uh, the can of worms with, right? And this again is advice or tips, of course, for people to be able to achieve their own resolution. And I wouldn't re- you know, really call these tips, I guess I would just call them, these are the things you really need to do if you wanna write your own fairy tale and live in your own fairy tale, which is a real one, not this out of bounds one, okay? And you basically wanna look at the goal you're trying to reach and how best to get there, okay? This is what we're looking at. So. How do you write your own fairy tale? Well, I would start with being real. Reality can provide you with magical and exciting opportunities. It really does. Ones that feel fulfilling rather than escapism. But it requires both feet in, and that means committing to your happiness. You're still going to have bad moments, but that's okay because you're going to let them pass through you rather than making them into the focus of your story. And this is where coaching really comes in handy, by the way. Doing this is so difficult because most people don't understand how to put both feet in. Putting both feet in, I literally do this physically, putting both feet in. Whatever I'm going to do, I can't half-ass it. I can't put one foot in and keep one foot out in case something bad happens or it doesn't work out. No, I have to put both feet in that's the only way things will work. They don't work otherwise. They will fall apart and I will get the same experience I've had in the past. So I always put 
both feet in. And even if it's not easy, and let's say I hit obstacles, I still keep in mind what my commitment is. If my commitment's to happiness, I know the road there is to get rid of all of my unhappiness, meaning the things I do to create my unhappiness. It doesn't mean that I'm not gonna be affected at times by life and have unhappy moments. That's different, okay? That's experiencing unhappiness based on experiences that are happening. Rather than in our stories, it's a story that we're half the time reacting to that makes us unhappy. With the shit we tell ourselves over and over, oh my God, this, oh my God, that. That's really what screws us. And so you've gotta be aware, okay, if I put both feet in and then I start to let experiences and things pass through me rather than holding on to them and making it part of my victimized, painful story, maybe I can change the story and you can. So you also wanna look at where you fear your own pain. You can tell by how you distract yourself from whatever you're doing. I can remember doing one activity and then being totally distracted and finding myself doing another activity, right? I mean, talk about avoiding. Or I could say, I'm going to lay here and feel my feelings. And all of a sudden, I've jumped up and I'm sweeping the floor. Those are places that you're avoiding yourself. Okay? So I did this all the time. And it wasn't until I recognized that there was pain I was not dealing with. And I dealt with it that things started to change. And let me say, dealing with your pain means to catch yourself as you try to distract. Or maybe it's not just distracting. It might be striking out at someone. It might be saying something to them. It might be something along those lines. So be aware of that and catch yourself and feel your frigging feelings about it. Okay? All right. And the last thing I would say is to look at what you want. You want a fairy tale, right? We all want a fairy tale. So how can you become your own rescuer? How do you save you from the burning castle? Do you pay attention to you? Do you give yourself attention? Most of us don't. Oh, I'm going to paint my nails or I'm going to go work out. Okay, that's great. But you're not paying attention to the internal part, the parts of you that you're disconnected from. Most of us are a talking head and we're totally ignoring our bodies. You want to be one with your body. You want to notice how you feel, what you're doing. You got to look at this stuff, okay? So you got to pay attention and... One other thing about that is, do you do things that make a person untrustworthy, okay? Meaning if you say things like, I'm going to go to your house at nine o'clock and then you show up at noon. So if somebody was doing that to you, would you trust that person? Probably not. Oh yeah, Fred always says they're coming over at nine and then they show up at three. Wow, I wouldn't trust that Fred was going to do anything. But we do these kind of things to ourselves. We say things and we do the opposite. So you need to look at how you do the opposite of what you want to do. All right. It doesn't mean that, oh, shit, I said this and now I'm doing the opposite. First, notice it and then get to what's my motivation. Why am I doing that? Maybe I shouldn't overpromise and under deliver. So find those things that you do and see how it takes you off your goal. All right. Wisdom nugget again. You are better than where you are. Listen for the voice inside who knows you are the hero or heroine of that story and write it. Write that story. All right. Universal right. You have a universal right to keep on creeping around in the story that you did not write, but that you have had handed down about, be- about pain being a constant in your life. You can take actions right now to determine your happy ending. So what are you waiting for? You got courage. Go do it. It's what it takes. It takes courage. So the wrap up is 
Look, <laughs> it's a problem because when you're trying to put clouds together to create a story, they're not the most stable place to create a story that's got a happy ending to it. It's just a bunch of fluff that you fill yourself with so you can avoid your own pain. You've got to deal with your pain and you've got to let it be. And, and when I say pain, it doesn't mean go beat yourself up because that's creating a struggle. That's not dealing with your pain. You always want to deal with your pain. And the more you do, the more relaxed you'll actually find yourself. And it will help you to write a new story about, hey, I don't feel so bad anymore. I'm not so heavy or I'm not so frenetic in my energy and trying to keep myself busy and avoiding myself. So just notice that, okay? Because here's the thing. You can have your own fairy tale. You absolutely can. But it can't be fictional. It has to be real. All right. What are the related podcasts? I've got three. Number 196, Is There a Martyr Victim in Your Life? Number 253, Journey of Attachment, Rescuing Others Doesn't Win You Love. And number 201, Journey of Attachment, How Stories Hold Us Victim. Ooh, but they do. So with that, if you have any questions at all, please send them to podcast at tracycrossley.com. They will get answered on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube Live, which is every Thursday, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, noon Eastern Time, unless it's a holiday, and then there will not be a Facebook Live or Instagram Live or YouTube Live. And if you have suggestions for topics, you can also send those in as well. I love hearing from them. I actually got one uh, earlier this week, so that was cool. And I will be using that as a topic. And so, yeah, I do. I just don't really have a lot of time to answer those emails, unfortunately. It's so much easier for me to speak to the problem rather than to write out five paragraphs or so of the problem. So anyway, I just want to leave you with that. And hey, if you want to really know what coaching is, I suggest you go ahead and email happiness at tracycrossley.com. And then what will happen is I will be able to give you a discovery session and that discovery session will help you hopefully to decide that you can take a deep dive in and transform your life. Because that's what I'm here for, transforming lives. Take care. Bye-bye. Questions about today's show? Reach out to Tracy at info at tracycrossley.com. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave a five-star rating for the show so it can be heard by more people. For all things Tracy, check out tracycrossley.com. <laughs>